guys. Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And this is your midweek quick shift. We've got some, uh, we've got some great news for you guys. We do. This is exciting. Um, we have a lot of uh, big stories. Um, but first... But first, a correction. I got in trouble for this. I had a couple people be like, I know, dude. I know you got in trouble and it was my fault. I blame the article that we sourced you, this from. You, you blame the internet for I your I blame problem. the internet, as everyone should. All right, what do we got? Well, so we were talking about uh, the Nuremberg lap times that Porsche had just set a new record with their new GT3 RS. Right. And that record. And I was like, oh, my God, it's incredible. It's nuts how fast it is. And it is nuts. It is fast. But they're. Maybe the, not quite not as fast. as fast yeah. as I alluded to. So what I mistakenly said was that the new GT3 RS was faster than the GT2 RS, which is, of course, the no holds bar gt3 based on has the turbo engine etc that's kind of the the right. line topper for their model let's get to so the, the let's gt3 get to the rs is six <laughs> minutes 56 seconds yep. around the Nuremberg. the gt2 rs is quicker at six minutes 47 seconds and the confusion was that the gt3 rs is of course quicker than the standard gt3 which is seven minutes 12 seconds okay so I am sorry. It's okay. We forgive you. Thank you. We'll move on. Some of my Porsche fans were, uh, yeah. Some of my buddies were like, dude. Even, totally what's funny wrong. is even researching this again this morning to like get the correct stats, I was confusing myself again. Yeah, it's it's weird when you look up GT3 anything. There's like a million results that. It's always right. just the newest results. It's hard to find information. Because, yeah, they've always set lap records almost, you know, every year almost. Right. So, so I know that you've been looking for a car. So okay. I've got, I've got, uh, some is this a surprise segment or what? No, <laughs> no, I know where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, you know what though, before you tell me what car I should get, let's okay. talk about where I should get potentially a car. Okay. Let's hear it. Well, I, I think as our listeners should know by now, where you should go shopping for cars is Luther Westside Volkswagen Love those guys. right here in the twin cities, the number one Volkswagen dealer in the country. They have the largest selections of Volkswagens used European cars right here in the twin cities. Um, they have their new facility. It's all state-of-the-art. You can find those guys at westsidevolkswagen.com, and you should go find those guys because yeah. it's great. When you get over there, uh, look, up, look up for Helton. He's my salesman of choice. Helton, he's a cool guy over there. Not likes watches, likes cool cars. He's yeah. your guy. All right. So um, as we all know, that folk, Ford is just basically kicking the bucket and just saying, fuck well, you. Well, not kicking the bucket, but they're... Kicking my bucket. They're, okay. they're kicking my bucket down the fucking road <laughs> with this bullshit that they're doing where they're not going to make anything but a Mustang anymore. Well, my no question cars is, is What aside. I couldn't find out is What's whether that? they were going to continue to make stuff like the Ford GT. Well, that was a special edition. I know. Isn't that only like a one-year thing anyways? I don't know. Are they done with that, too? Are they done they going to Lamar? Done Are they done anyways. with prototype? I don't know. I, anyway, that so... That wouldn't surprise um, me. Right now is a great time. This is like this sounds like a commercial for Ford. Go on out. Is uh, the Focus RSs, the Fiesta ST, and the Focus ST are all like super deals right now. So all their cool hot hatches are 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 awesome. Um, it's, which is basically it's the last of the cool cars from Ford because Mustangs yeah. Mustangs aren't cool. I At still like Mustangs. Me. Mustangs. I still cool. like Mustangs. Um, the Fiesta ST can be found for less than seventeen grand. It's four thousand off MSRP. Wow. And there's another four to six thousand off MSRP on the Focus RS. Which are uh, around thirty grand. It comes to thirty grand or just under thirty grand wow. right now. Which is like, for me, that's an, that's incredible. I'd way rather have that than a GTI or a Golf R. Yeah, I, just, I love the way they look. They look aggressive, especially in that gray. 
that one gray color is like battleship mean. gray. Yep. That's, it's a dark gray and it's got some metallic to it. It's a cool. I've had multiple people tell me, hey, these things are going to be worth money. This is the last of a generation. I'm not sure if that's true because they uh, sold. How many of these things did they sell? I'm, I'm sure they sold a lot. I see them driving around. Think about first like Mark One GTIs. Those are coming up in value now. Yeah, but they all that's because they all rusted out and went to shit, right? I mean, so they're you're all, saying these will stick around. They're going to be around. They made. Yeah. They're they're making a lot of them. I don't I, think they're going to. I worth do any need money. to. I've never driven one, but I, I just either. love the factory exhaust on those things. How yeah. much they have like that burble and backfire, and it, they yep. sound mean. They sound awesome. So I mean, that might be an option for anybody that's looking for something. If I mean, it seems like it's like the last gasp for Ford. Well, I mean, for their cars. What, what the fuck else do they make? Well, that wasn't the whole reason they're, you know, getting rid of that whole lineup is because they weren't making money on any of them. This is an enthusiast show, Jake. Okay. Crossovers don't even exist in our no, world. No, I know. But you can still buy a Mustang or your F-250 to haul your race car. I guess. I guess. <laughs> well, while we're on it, let's go to, like, page whatever it is and talk about the diesels that Ford is doing. Yeah, let's this is interesting. You know, with everything else that's happening with diesels basically dying i thought it was interesting that the first ever diesel version of the ford f-150 which is their like small well it's it's a full-size pickup but it's not the f-250 or the 350 it's the main yeah it is the mainstay of the entire united states exactly anyways they're gonna have the first diesel of that coming out uh next month i believe really odd timing with everything that's been going on with diesel very odd do you think that they were just like waist deep and well guess we're gonna do this shit oh i'm sure it's been in development for years yeah they had millions and millions of dollars tied up in this and they're just gonna do it they're just gonna send it on the diesel thing well it's gonna get uh 30 miles per gallon highway most fuel efficient full-size pickup in the market and i like the idea what's it gonna be able to diesel i bet it tows a lot that's the whole point of a diesel yeah but like when you think of the motor that's in a Chevy Colorado, that thing's not much, that's not that powerful, is it? No, but this isn't going to be the motor in a Colorado. <laughs> we'll see. I'm I'm curious to see what the actual. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. It, why would if they make this? Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Is this thing going to be a stump puller or what? Are, what are we talking about here? I I didn't look up. I'm sure we could find. Hold on. I have the link right here. Should no I problem. should yeah, I look at what this what actually it, is? is? And I like you. This kind of like reminds me of. Uh, um, if I was going to choose an old rabbit pickup truck, yeah. I would want a diesel. I just, I like, you know, I like the idea of that the diesel. That doesn't make as much sense to me in that Why platform. Not? <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be hauling stuff. Or... Why not? You can put stuff in the back. I've seen people with snowmobiles in the back of those things. Well, <laughs> it looks ridiculous, but yeah. you can definitely, you can definitely do some work. Uh, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. This I see on here, it says that um, you want to swap a Cummins into your H3. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. That is would that, be sweet. I this, love the idea of diesels in that a small Bolton? pickups. Is that like a Bolton swap? No, they, not at all. I don't know. What's the diesel engine that comes in in uh, GM products? What's the Duramax? It's a Duramax. So why don't you put a Duramax in there? Because that would bolt in. No, it wouldn't. No? No. No, it's the, just completely. Actually, the engine that does bolt in is the 5.3 LS engine. Oh. But that's boring. Well, here's the deal. Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't Why wouldn't it swap in? Because there's no room in that engine bay. It's not a full-size truck. My oh, Hummer H3 is a, a mid-size It's a truck. fake truck? It's a mid-size. Okay. Not a fake. <laughs> when do I start get to start making Hammond jokes with you? Because <laughs> it's laying there right now. Well, I mid-size and full-size? I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Are you even allowed to buy a full-size truck? 
<laughs> We're like the same height, Chris. Oh, God, no. We are the false. same height. False. So if you're going down that road, look in the mirror. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, anyway. All right, um, we'll scroll back up here. Do we know what power these things make? No, because it the link was dumb. The link was I dumb. I can okay. still keep going down that rabbit hole no, if you it's want no me big to. Deal. Let's just move on. So we'll, we'll add it in the cool notes diesel or engine in the Ford truck, which is which is kind of neat. Yeah. Um, speaking of a car without an engine, <laughs> this was a definite <laughs> engine swap. <laughs> the engine swap onto the sidewalk. Uh, in news here, uh, I think it was yesterday, just recently, um, a Lamborghini was cut in half by a light pole in an accident. Yeah. A, the, apparently the car was alone. So this guy is just an idiot. Did you see the photos? Yeah. <laughs> if this you guy haven't seen got this, you got to look so it up. so lucky. It was in D.C. on like, they called it a new mall area. Yeah. And so there's all these like cement pillars and light poles. And this guy must have been just cruising. Yeah. What speed do you have to be going to cut a car? and half uh quickly yeah you gotta, you gotta really be, be moving you, yeah you gotta I wonder be if moving. that's like the if you think about it that might be the weakest point of the car to right in the middle in front of the engine you yeah. know these things are what, they're it's, carbon fiber right yeah it's a monocoque i believe but you're are they right. all carbon fiber or is no, there like i don't think they, they are because this is the this is lamborghini a hurricane. hurricane this is a this is a poor man's lamborghini at this point the hurricane is these are like 200 grand aren't they I guess I mean in the world of Lamborghini I mean it's because what is is the Aventador is the top of the line I think the so. Huracan is basically I keep thinking Gallardo it's like a Huracan is the, the new Huracan Gallardo, is right? Gallardo yeah so anyway the, the, the thing got cut in half and there's like a picture it's just a rear wheel and an engine yeah. just sitting there on the sidewalk well, it, it's almost surgical in how it did it because so this guy lost control, or I'm just presuming in how this happened. He lost control and slid into this light pole sideways, and it just and the light it. pole severed it basically right behind the rear seets. So he like just <laughs> got out and was Walked fine. Away. He had minor injuries. Yep. You know what we do? We need to call up that engineering explain guy on YouTube and be like, "How many newton meters of yeah, force exactly. does it take to cut a car in half?" But it was funny because it looked like it was just the whole rear part of the chassis was just sitting out on the sidewalk then next to it. So the quote in the news was, uh, this has all the indications of an unforced error and bad judgment when it comes to observing posted speed limits. <laughs> it's unfortunate that whatever happened happened at night when the area experiences only sparse pedestrian traffic. Yeah. It's like these guys have never like gone. I mean, how boring are these other car journalists <laughs> that they've never gone out on an empty road and beat on their car? I mean, the guy fucked up, right? Yeah. But, like, I mean, come on, we've I, all done I don't it. know if we would have been doing, like, 130 or whatever in the twisty little mall area, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if there's no one around. Yeah. You know, I always, my always the thing, other thing, my is, thing is, if you're not endangering your, anybody but yourself, then why, should are, be fine. then why are we getting tickets? But the problem is, is that it's this judgment thing where it's like, do I think I'm the only one endangering myself? Does the cop think, well, there's a potential for other danger? Like if someone pulls out a driveway or walks out of a crosswalk or there's a blind turn. So it's this kind of this well, subjective thing. Not only that, it, you know, you think you are fine. Like I would trust you. You might even trust me doing that. Think of like your average Joe bro we'd find on the sidewalk downstairs. Would you trust <laughs> our him? sidewalk? Yes, no. our sidewalk. No, no. So I, that's I the not. reason those laws exist. But this is also one of the reasons why I don't own a car like this. I mean, I could probably get myself into this kind of trouble oh, yeah. with my car, but something I was like just a Lamborghini. Say, the other thing I mean, we're not realizing on. is how quickly did it happen? When he floored it, he's going 130 like that. Yeah, they're, in that they're car. so fast, and you're just endangering yourself and others so quickly that that's why these cars don't make sense to me anymore. I, I'd still take one. All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah. I'd take one. I suppose. I'd uh, sell it. So next up, we have the upcoming Bentley Flying Spur. Now so this is this is sad. It is sad. This is really, really, really sad. Because they're basically saying this next version of the stand could be the last gasoline-only Bentley 
to leave the company's facility. It's going to be the last gasoline version of the car right. they're going to make. The next flying spur, which is slated for 2019, um, it'll see roads and basically be out on development right before Bentley plans to reinvent in car its cars quote with an electric and this twist. is all just Volkswagen you know shitting yeah. downhill right so it's, my problem with this is that when you think of like a Bentley or a Rolls Royce or mm-hmm. anything you think of power excess speed luxury you don't think of a vacuum cleaner <laughs> right I mean you think you don't give a fuck if these things get eight miles per gallon who gives a shit I've got millions right. of dollars I've got a six thousand dollar six million who knows sixty million dollar house yeah, that's in more, the Hollywood Hills more like it right and you're just you don't care just some other guy is the one putting the gas in the thing anyway why does it matter if it's an electric car or not it's just it's kind of so here's my thought is that the they're selling it to the owners that are environmentally conscious are, are going well maybe I don't want to be the guy because they don't want their buddies to think that they're getting six miles per gallon so yeah. now they're going to get this Rolls Royce Wraith or Bentley Continental with an electric engine. I'm, I'm sorry to say, I think, it's, I think it's all just symbolism. So the, yes, they're buying it for the excess and that image of excess, but these guys don't give a shit what's under the hood. No, but it's all part of the whole package, right? I don't think it is. If you had the W12, you know, Bentley flying spur right there, and it's next to the new one with the electric power, I think, you know, the owner or the guy, this target market wouldn't care one way or the other. So, yeah, they're both extremely expensive luxury things that have, like, chilled champagne glass cup holders I would care. and everything else. I would care. You and I would. That's why we're not buying Continental Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. I could. I, I almost want to keep going on that, but we got to No, keep we'll, we'll keep it Just moving sad. here. Um, well, so as we talked about with Ford not making cars anymore, it's interesting that Lincoln did not follow suit with They're this. They're sticking with their guns. Yeah, so, so Lincoln, the sub-brand of Ford, which can we even call Lincoln, are they like the luxury side of Ford? Like well, you Cadillac think about it the way it to, used to be. It used to, to be Chevy. like uh, Ford Crown Victoria and then Mercury Grand Marquis. So yeah, I'm confused with the old Ford lineup because, yeah, Ford is like the mainstay. Lincoln, I guess, would be considered a little bit their nicer. luxury. Yeah. What was Mercury? I guess something in the what middle. What was like in they that? Had, they had like the middle ground, I guess. Did they, though? I never really like that was never a connotation. I'm to trying me. to think of like a link. Is the Lincoln Town Car built on a Grand Marquis Police Interceptor style chassis? Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. It's just a luxury. It's the the luxury luxury version, right? The, That's why they got rid of Mercury because there's probably no reason to even have a middle ground because anybody that compromises. I didn't even- Think of it as a middle ground. So yeah. Anyways, so yeah, Lincoln. But I will, wasn't. I wasn't a Ford buyer. I wasn't like somebody trying to decide between Lincoln and Mercury. But there probably were people out there doing that. True. Anyway, uh, that's the reason. Yeah, Mercury isn't around. But Lincoln will be around with their MKZ and the Continental. So I hear that the suicide doors are coming back. Did we talk about that on another episode? I, I'm excited for that. I don't know if we did, but I. Because that for sure coming back. I'm 99 sure because um, I read it. Which means it's true <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> on the internet, but also the um, the concept car always had suicide doors. So when well, it that, came out, that came from the original yeah, '60s. Yeah, the the Kennedy's Brains Edition <laughs> Continental GT <laughs> with the suicide. Well, doors. that was the convertible. It was even cooler when it had the roof with right. no B pillar. Exactly, it was super kick ass. Right. I like that the B pillar was actually part of the window when you roll it up. Didn't it just like come together? I and, think like, you're right. Yeah, because um, it was a frameless door. So. I kind of lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, because people were disappointed when the uh, when the concept car had suicide doors and the production yeah. car didn't. Right. So hopefully now we're going back to see suicide doors. Yeah, I I would have assumed that was like a DOT regulation that they couldn't do that. But then I'm also thinking the it wasn't Bentley; it's the other one. Rolls Royce has the Wraith has suicide doors, I right. believe. So you can get away with it. 
I would assume. I think I they know. just won't let you open it while the car is moving at a certain speed. The door handle must not work. Because that was That's why they were called idea. suicide doors, is you'd open up a little bit, go at speed, <laughs> and, and then just the rip wind the would rip doors them out. Off. I know. <laughs> you know, you'd have your hand trying to shut it, it would pull you out of the door, or, yeah. or whatever the case may be. Um, what's also interesting, uh, side to this story, I found out that Ford says the Taurus and the police interceptor sedan will end in March 2019. So right. we can only have uh, Ford Explorers and crossover cop nope. cars. Or the Chevy version. I forget what the Chevy is that they're yeah, using. I don't know. It's a standalone that Chevy does. I'm pretty sure as of a few years ago. I think they're, they're just not... going to go with Dodge. They're just going to go with the Dodge Chargers. Dodge what? Charger? Yeah, yeah I suppose. You're right. Dodge Charger That's police cars. most ubiquitous anyways. Because I, I saw like a, I know I could run from an exploder. I mean, yeah. I, could, I could get out of there. I mean, my car's not conspicuous. You can't no outrun the radio. Remember can't what we said two weeks can't, ago, can't Chris? can't outrun the radio. Um, now, I made you watch a commercial. This is one of the reasons yes. why I like Lincoln. And it's this is the only reason. Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Yes, I just love his stunning good looks and his uh, his uh, media, melancholy nature with, with uh, selling vehicles is, is what That's I, where you get it from. Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, it's cynicism. actually the seats, that seat commercial, which shows like the seats moving in like this fluid motion. It was and, like uh, an orchestra of seats. Yeah, just and moving I had all not seen this. It's like a hundred thousand position position seats, so right. you can like move them to fit exactly your shape, which yeah. works for me because I'm a small dude. And every car that's manufactured in America now, when you get in, it just don't, they don't fit. Right. So I got this thing to actually fit me pretty well at the uh, car show here and. The, so you tried these out. I tried these out. They're they're super comfortable. Yeah, and you said your friends were making fun of you. They were because it's basically like a giant sofa. Yeah, on the car. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> For some reason, I I like the idea of Lincoln. If I wanted to have a luxury car, it might it'd be a Lincoln. It'd be a Lincoln. What, the only Maybe I'm getting old. <laughs> I think that's one of the first signs when Lincolns start looking good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all over. You open the glove glove compartment, and it, uh, AARP car yep. just comes flying out. Did I ever tell you on my 30th birthday someone gave me an AARP subscription? <laughs> I still get that how do shit they, in the mail. How do they? <laughs> do you have to put your birthday in for that? Did they change I, your birthday I'm to sure like 1965? Anyways, what I what I was thinking about when I saw these seats, do you have any idea how long it would take you to get that set up and like position all of it? Even with just the forward back like mechanical uh, slide on the seat in the truck, it takes me a yeah. while to be like, is it this click or do I go <laughs> one further back to this click? Well, with these new seats that are in Lincoln's, you wouldn't need to worry about any of that. They just work. No, you would though. You, I'd be sitting there for two hours oh, you'd be trying like, to get every <laughs> single switch exactly perfect. You know, I for some reason every time I get in my car, even though I was the last person to drive it, the seat, at least in the BMW, it's never quite. That's right. what I mean. But then if you change it a little forward, then it's too close. Yeah, then it's no good. And then one back, and it's too far away. Yeah, it's it's no good. That's what I mean. This is this. Too much. So I see the next thing is that uh, Tesla's going to be again with the production of a Model Y. So I. Why? I am, <laughs> <laughs> Why are we doing a Model Y? I included this because I had never heard of it and I just saw it in the news today. Um, and, and let me read this in, in what I thought of when I read this. Tesla could begin production of its Model Y small crossover in early 2020. Now, the Model are they taking, Y. Are they taking deposits on this yet? Oh, of course they are. Okay. The Model Y is a crossover version of the Model 3, and it was supposed to be coming out in 2019. However, with all of the Model 3 production failure, they're delaying, they're it. delaying it a year. And here is a quote from Elon Musk. The Model Y is going to be a manufacturing revolution. I thought, you were going to say, I thought you were going to say magnificent revolution, which would... It's the same yeah, effect. Yeah. So basically, 
when the Model 3 is just a horrendous manufacturing nightmare and they can't meet production goals of their lowest... They need to raise money. And I'm going to talk about why how they're doing this to raise money in a little bit. Well, and, he, you know, we talked about this the other way, how Musk kind of had this Trumpism in his tweet the other day. Yep. He's, he continues. Yes, yeah. continues. This is what Musk said on an earnings call, which he expressed frustration with certain Wall Street analysts, quote, boring questions. Boring, uninspired, boring questions. How dare you ask about that? I can just imagine him be like, that's a boring question next. So on this, on this note, I put together a list of yes. a bunch of different um, things that are going on with Tesla. Yeah, and it, before you do that, Chris, okay. I, I think we need to cue up some music right. to set the mood for this. I'm ready. Okay. Um, so Tesla is basically a dumpster fire, and they've been fueled by their own money. Here are a bunch of things you didn't know about Tesla, and this is a, this is basically a deferred Tesla news dump. Yeah, we've had a lot of these stories kind of piling up. Yeah. In so this recent is time. everything that's fucked with Tesla going right. on right now, and it's it's a long list. I'll let you just barrel through them. Um, so. How much money do you think Tesla burnt? Well, you probably have. You can you well, can read it in front I of you. I can read it in front of me. But six thousand five hundred dollars a minute is how much minute. money that they're going through. Um, free cash flow is the amount of cash a company generates after accounting for capital expenditures has been negative for five consecutive quarters. Wow! Back in 2010, Tesla had just 899 employees. Mm -hmm. Today, the company has nearly 40,000, causing revenue per employee stagnation. Tesla ended 2017. I'm just going yep. quick. You just Go interrupt ahead. me if you have a question. Tesla ended 2017 with $3.4 billion in cash and $9.4 billion in debt. A testament to Musk's borrowing prowess. Process. Process. Process prowess. And that's basically what you're talking about, how they just get these deposits from customers yeah, on we'll, new we'll, models. We'll get there. Go ahead. They need 5,000 cars a week to be good to go, and they're barely cresting 2,000. Wow. Musk and company spent $146 million on interest payments for its massive debt in the past quarter, roughly the same interest expense as GM, a company with approximately 10 times the <laughs> revenue. Jim Keller, who had been in charge of Tesla's autopilot hardware program since 2016, is leaving the company for Intel. I read a story on him. That's, he was basically, he resigned because they had all these numbers they weren't going to meet right yeah he, he probably was just like fuck this yeah i'm out of here right um the company is sitting on a staggering 800 okay this is incredible okay. so this is in, in my mind this is really what they're doing to raise money this really lends mm -hmm. to the pyramid scheme of tesla right um the company is sitting on a staggering are you ready for this i'm ready and i asked you what you thought this yep. number was I and remember. you said 23 million dollars well so what's the number before you tell the number what what are you explaining Okay, so this is the amount of customer deposits that it, Tesla is sitting on undelivered. So these right. are cars they have not delivered. They're just sitting on these deposits. This is when I go in and say, I want a Model 3 when it's ready, right. so here's $1,000. Yep, it's $854 million. And that's, that's staggering in itself. But this is an interest-free loan yes. is what this is. Um, and if they file bankruptcy, all these people are out this money. They can't, yeah, can't get course. this money back. So this is an interest-free loan. That's why he keeps doing things like this Roadster and the, and the, and the Y, build a Y car <laughs> and whatever. I mean, every time they do this, they get to get a cash because this is just cash. Yeah. There's no um, – it's not really collateralized. There's no interest. Nope. It's just money. I never um, thought of that. It is just an interest-free loan. It is. The vast majority comes from $1,000 reservations on the Model 3, but Tesla is even holding customer deposits for two vehicles that aren't even in production yet, the Tesla Semi, which is a $20,000 deposit, and the next-generation wow. Roadster, either $50,000 down or the 
full $250,000 retail price paid up front to reserve a limited edition. Jeez. More than more than 400,000 people are waiting for, for a Tesla car. right now. Um, wow. so how, I don't know how you I don't know how you do I don't know how you come back from this. How do you make all these cars when you can't even you're less than half of what your production needs to be to stay level above water? How do you, how well, people have to realize sooner or later that the rug's being pulled out from under them. They, they don't, though. I know, and I there's, don't know why. It's, it's because people, it, they're selling the idea. I've talked mm-hmm. about this before. They, they want to believe, right? They want to believe in everything. And, he, and it's so enigmatic what, the way he talks and speaks. And it's just <laughs> people just, it's like the Pied Piper. He comes in with his little flute, walks through the town, talking about autonomous cars and no more reliance on petroleum. And, you know, there's a ton of people in this country that see petroleum as, you know, evil capitalists, don't care about the environment people. Mm -hmm. And they would love more than anything to kick those people to the curb. And they see this as a as a vehicle, pardon the pun, (laughs) of getting there. And finally, because there's a there's half this country that every time they put their gas, their gas nozzles in the car, they're like, fuck these motherfuckers. Right, because mm. all these huge money Exxon spilling oil everywhere, the, the, that entire industry, even by conservatives too, is considered evil. Right, it's it's yeah. almost like a necessary evil. Right? right, when you put gas in your car, it's a necessary evil. I don't like doing it either. Really, it's this necessary evil. So people see this as the way out. That's that's why I think that they're so invested and so yeah, engaged in I this. Musk isn't the only one doing this. There are other electric car companies out there. Yeah, but there. nobody's done it as selling an idea like he has. No, I know. Um, an, unnumber, an unknown number of customers have paid f- up for vehicle features, up to $3,000 for self-driving capability, for example. Tesla hasn't figured out or released it to anyone. That's what we talked about um, in a previous episode. They are also hiring 3,000 people. I found that out, so yeah, that's, that's you, great. You sent me their job openings, and I was like, <laughs> are you applying for a job at Tesla now? 3,000 job openings even though they 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 have stagnation on uh, cost per employee right. or revenue for employee um so another thing that i found that was interesting is how california is making money on california uh, carbon credits oh, tesla makes money yeah off sorry of about that um california uses its air pollution authority to force automakers into selling a set number of non-polluting vehicles those that fall short can buy credits from other automakers that are mm-hmm. meeting the minimums since 2008 tesla has sold more than 1.3 billion dollars in these credits and this is pure profit. I never thought of this side of it. In I 2017, about- the company delivered 103,181 cars globally, but earned $360 million selling these credits, roughly $3,500 per car. Wow. Which is just profit, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew about the whole EPA credit exchange, but I never even realized how that would work out for Tesla. Because there are allotted credits that they're not using because they don't make cars that have noxious fumes or give off emissions right so they're just selling them for sheer profit that's crazy it's incredible uh tesla this last one tesla shareholder uh, there was more but i i had to pare it down a little bit (laughs) tesla shareholders in march voted to overwhelmingly approve an unprecedented compensation plan for elon Mm -hmm. musk a 2.6 billion dollar award the largest of its kind his new package of 20.3 million option shares vests, if he, which means he gets them, yep. if he raises the company's market cap to $650 billion and meets revenue and earnings targets. This will give Musk the opportunity to acquire even more shares. If the award fully vests, mm-hmm. Musk would own a 28% stake worth $184 billion. So kudos to him. He's got skin in the game with all this. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's all in. The yeah. next closest is like uh, some bank has like ten percent. 
or something like that. Okay. So there's there's no one else that's even close. But to, uh, he doesn't have a 51% share. No, he doesn't. I don't think... Because <clears throat> when we were talking about how the board may or may not want to actually kick him out as CEO, <clears throat> excuse me, um, my question was, well, I thought this was kind of his company. I thought he owned There's at least 51% of... Yeah, yeah, but if you own 51% of the shares of a public company, it doesn't matter what the board says because you're the one you own it. who owns the board right. then. But he doesn't. But he does so. not. But he, I mean, he, all the, he, they almost went bankrupt in like 2008 or 2009 or something. Right, in the and early with, years. When his, with his own money, he bailed the company out like 30 or $40 million or something wow. like that. So, I mean, he's in. He, I mean, he, he is his, you know, it's not like uh, when you watch, uh, uh, I, I'm not even going to mention the TV show because it's, it's pretty, <laughs> it's, it's one with Jude Law where he's the priest or he's the Pope. It's called the Pope. It's the new like Pope. The new Pope. Yeah. And he doesn't believe anything that he's preaching, right? He just goes out there uh, and, it's and preaches and he's more complicated, but yeah. Yeah. So I just think of a, a, like a preacher just generically that goes out there and preaches all these righteous things and then goes back into his little room and like jacks off to porn. That is not Elon Musk. I think he truly. I'm not even going. I was going to say something, Chris, and I'm not going to say. He probably. I mean, he he definitely does that. Um, but he truly and utterly believes in what he's doing, and I have to give him kudos and props for that. Either that, or he's completely fucking delusional. Which, well, which either way, like you said, he has a vested interest. Yeah. Literally in the company. Yeah, he's basically a megalomaniacal CEO at this point, where he just has these grand visions. And he's all in. So yeah. this is his legacy now. Well, and you and I were kind of curious the other day if he, you know, would care one way or the other if the company goes down. He's made all this money he, off of he, it. He would. He, now he we care. know. He doesn't care about the money. He's a visionary. Exactly. And, uh, kudos to him for that. But yeah. honestly, things don't look great. I don't think the Tesla names go anywhere, but I just, it's, no. and it's, it's I, not looking I've good. I've said it here before, and I want this to be recorded, that this is my theory of what's going to happen. Okay. It's not that they're ever going to go completely away. It's not that they're not going to be making cars anymore. What I think is going to happen is when these other manufacturers kind of come up to par with Tesla, Tesla is going to have someone else make their cars. It's, it's going to be Toyota making Tesla vehicles. And Tesla will be the ones making the batteries and other technology that they're either selling to those other yep, be manufacturers. There will either be a supplier or there will be a Tesla-branded car, but it's going to be made by Toyota or someone else. That's my theory. That's my prediction. So uh, before we – I just let's pick one more story. We're, we're running yeah, out of time. You so pick. I'll, what do you want here? You pick. You pick. You do it. Uh, we can talk about Uber. We can talk about BMW not caring if you Let's die. We can talk about... Oh, I, I kind of like the Amazon story. All right, let's let's do that. So General Mortars and Volvo have partnered with General, Amazon. General Mortars? General Mortars. <laughs> they... I don't know what to say about that. General it's a Mortars, World War II GM. company. Yeah, it is. Yeah. GM and Volvo have partnered with Amazon to offer customers in-vehicle delivery of packages in the United States. So owners of a GM or Volvo vehicle who download this Amazon app, or I think it's just the regular Amazon app, and link their Amazon Prime account with their OnStar program for Volvo um, or GM. And once it's set up, there is a delivery... Uh, what is it? After the setup is complete and a delivery location is registered, customers can then shop on Amazon and select in-car delivery option so is it, at it's, checkout. It's not while you're in motion, of course. No, I also <laughs> thought like, that. The window they're throwing packages on the like, freeway. Whipping it, you like hit the trunk button, like some guy like <laughs> suction cups like out like onto the hood of this car and he's like puts it in your trunk and shuts the trunk for you. Do you remember the Super Bowl commercial from like five to ten years ago, the trunk monkey? 
No. You don't? It I don't like, remember that. It was, I think, for an insurance company or, like, it was a security system where if someone, like, was road raging next to you, you'd hit the trunk monkey button and your trunk would pop up and there was this rabid monkey that <laughs> would come out and attack okay. the guy. So, no, it's not that, So, do you have though. to leave your car unlocked? Like, no, what if here's you're not the thing. there? Right. This was, access? this was my whole question with this concept. And it's basically the Amazon delivery driver. So, like, you have so Amazon you delivery drivers. No. They then contact OnStar and OnStar can remotely open your trunk fuck that yes no and way. then they'll put it in there so that means you have some random dude that works for amazon and is just a delivery driver just imagine being like a wife and like ordering something on amazon and having it open the guy goes to open the trunk and your husband left like a dead hooker in the trunk <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh fuck let's go what are we gonna do i bought this shampoo but now my husband kills yeah. hookers no yeah. well uh, that's not where my head went but I do think it's weird of like, no, I don't want some dude coming and being able to like open my trunk and go either. in there. I don't really. Well, and apparently it, there's a precedent what if, set what are you, for this. What have you got to hide, yeah, Jake? Yeah, well, <laughs> you'll never know. There apparently was a precedent for this. There is, I think it's either an alarm company or something else for home security that also already has this connection made. So a delivery can come up and they'll open the front door for the guy and have him put the package in your house. Fuck that too. No I know. Way. He can just leave it on the porch. Exactly. Out of in the middle of nowhere. It's, pro- it's fine. Nothing I order on Amazon is, is worth... Is that important? Yeah, no thanks. So If it's worth that much, I'll go to the place and pick it up. Bunch of lazy fucks with this getting your shit delivered to your car. Where do you go to pick it up? You just go to the uh, UPS, UPS store. You oh, just pick it up. Right. You know, I mean, this is just utter laziness. <laughs> you need to get it delivered to your car because you can't wait to get it on your porch when you get home. Right. Why? I don't understand. So that mean like maybe when you're parked at work? Is that the primary thought? Then here? just have it delivered to your work. That's, you're there. Yeah, that's my point. Where have is the receptionist this come in handy? bring it up? That's is her it like job. You're out at the restaurant or you're shopping at the mall and need it delivered right well, there? What is a product that you need badly enough? I, no, and if you need it badly enough and you're already in your car, go stop it wherever. Target, Walgreens, etc. and go buy it yourself. In in like five minutes. Yes, much quicker. I think this is just it's just, it's like a, bl- they want to be everything. I know. So they're just throwing this Amazon blanket on everything. And it's just, I mean, the grocery store concept where you just, you just go in and you put everything in your cart. Yeah. Have you heard about that? Like the automated store that has no employees? Yes. The Amazon store. Yeah. You're talking about. You, you, it's a physical store. You walk in, you grab yep. your cart, you put everything in the cart and you fucking walk out and it charges you. I know. You. It's weird. It's awesome. It's awesome. I love that. Have you done I, it? No. But I just the concept of not interacting with some shitty human being making minimum wage just makes me extremely happy. Uh-huh. I just I love that. That's I very love nice that. of you. <laughs> the grocery store that I go to, everybody's so fucking grumpy. Yeah, everybody is so grumpy and just awful. So I have OnStar on the truck. I kind of want to set this up and then, but I want to make it it's like gotta a game. It's got to be only certain cities. I'm sure it is. I want to make it a game for the driver though. So I'm not going to stop anywhere and he's going to have to keep following <laughs> me around to deliver this package. <laughs> You're going to see some guy with like a little Amazon sign on top of his like. Be like, oh, little, here it comes, Chris. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> it's going to be some guy in a, in a Prius or yeah. something just like chasing you around. Well, they do have, the, we do have an Amazon facility here in yes. Minneapolis. Right. And they do have couriers and drivers that drive around and drop packages off. I know. They've come so to my maybe, house frequently. <laughs> we came back from vacation and they're like our whole we have a lady that comes and checks on the dog but we had a whole pile, like, of pile of packages of just all kinds of random shit that i'd ordered it's bad the buy now with one click thing oh i know is fucking terrible i think i spend like 
I must spend like $300 a month on, Am- on Amazon shit. You're an amateur it- over there. <laughs> <laughs> you should see our account. It's, it's like, I don't understand. It's, and I'm probably paying more. I'm like, oh, Prime, beep, done. Well, and I'm, I'm definitely paying more. I was going to say, would you buy that much shit regardless of where you're buying it if it wasn't that convenient? Fuck no. 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 Have you also seen, we're getting really off topic, have you seen the little buttons that you can stick on the wall for stuff like Kleenex or Tide? No. And it's linked to your Wi-Fi account. You literally hit the button and it orders it for you. Jesus, fuck no. All right, we got we to talk. Let's do the Pikes Peak one just so we don't end talking about uh, <laughs> buying laundry detergent with buttons on a car <laughs> okay. podcast. Yeah, so, I mean, this isn't news. I should say this isn't new news. We've heard about this before that Volkswagen has a Pike Peak, Pikes Peak EV racer. Yep. Um, but they've released more details about it and they've released some photos. It was at a show. So some of just the quick facts here. It does 0 to 60 in 2.25 seconds. Fucking A. Yep. It has a two electric motor system. Only two motor. Yep. So front and front rear. Front and rear. Okay, so it's then not it four motors. it equates to 680 horsepower and 480 pounds of torque. Well, it's no Rimac, but... No, but here's what I thought was interesting. It only weighs 2,500 pounds. Which Jesus, fuck, man. That's I, how much my car weighs. I get it's a race car, but it's like it's got batteries. Batteries are heavy. So I'm impressed by that. Um, and that lithium-ion battery pack is, quote, not far from a Volkswagen production battery. So it's not some newfangled thing, like... This is the adage that, you know, the race cars technology trickles down to your production cars. I think that's why Volkswagen's doing it. They are they are going to just They're going to decimate smear. Tesla. Yeah, it's over, man. So They're, it's just bad news. A couple more things. It's got regenerative braking that also, you know, kind of recharges the batteries. Yep. This fact was amazing to me. 20% of the entire energy needed for the hill climb is regenerated by the brakes. Just when you're braking the yeah. Just a, yeah. Now, how does that work? Is that like heat? Or, or, is, or is it the fact that you're no? It's little not, generators. It's basically the if when you're off it, the throttle, yep. it uses the, the the wheels actually spinning to charge the batteries. Well, not when you're off the throttle. When you're applying the brakes, instead of applying old friction style uh, disc I guess, brakes, I guess it kicks in saying. the generator to generate just power. Puts drag on it exactly. That's incredible. So um, it was interesting, though, if you look at the photo, it looks more like a prototype, like endurance racer, than any hill climb racer I've seen in the past. Right. But I suppose that's because now the whole track is paved, so that's basically what Which it is. is. It's a road track. It's kind of a bummer, isn't it? It is a bummer because those I cars like the looked, two surfaces because it really it, it was a compromise in how you engineered the car. Yeah, you had it. It was probably much more difficult. Oh, I'm sure it was because you needed a lot more suspension travel. The cars just looked crazy. Yeah, and that's what I liked. So on that note, we are going to let you guys go for the week. We will be at Cars and Coffee. We will bright and early. On Saturday morning. On Saturday morning to see you guys. Please come and see us. We've got uh, some cool stuff to give away, um, and we'll be recording the podcast We'll be recording there. live. Uh, uh, be sure to bring your Miata out so Chris can see it. Yes. Well, yes, please do that. <laughs> and any Murano convertibles, I'll also put a shout out. I don't think those are allowed. Those aren't allowed. Probably at. not. So uh, if you got a cool car down there and you want us to come see it, please come see us at the booth. Maybe we, maybe we can have a chat and, uh, and talk to you there. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Take care, everybody. 